Good morning. Again, good to see you guys. We welcome you here today. It's a very special day. It's especially special for those who will shortly be baptized and their families and their loved ones and their friends who came to share this joyful and meaningful event with them. Some are very excited about being baptized today. Some have waited quite a while for this day, and it's finally arrived. For those who are guests and visiting with us, and even really for those of us who attend here regularly and have witnessed many baptism services, we still want to begin today with some information about baptism and how we baptize here at CCF. It does not hurt to refresh our understanding of this very important ordinance. Some churches, some denominations call them sacraments, ordinances, sacraments. Some churches have a number of ordinances or sacraments they practice. The denomination I grew up in, they have seven, seven holy sacraments, they call them. We in the CMA, which is Christian Missionary Alliance, that's our denomination, we are Columbia Christian Fellowship, a church of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. We follow the more traditional evangelical pattern. Two ordinances we practice in this church, communion and baptism. So why do we even baptize? And then why do we baptize in the way we baptize, which is immersion all the way under? first most simple explanation is we baptize because it's the command of Jesus. Matthew 28, 19, 20, before Jesus was, was about to ascend and go back to his father, he, he gave his disciples who were and were becoming the church, he gave them some instructions. And these were the instructions. They're immortal, written in timeless scripture. Go and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them. Then, of course, it's teach these new disciples to obey all the commands or instructions that I have given you. But it's very simple. We baptize because Jesus told us to. It's part of the discipleship process. It's part of becoming a mature follower of Jesus. It should be the next step after salvation. As a denomination, as a church, we proclaim to be followers of Jesus. Therefore, we try to do what Jesus commands or instructs us to do. That makes sense, right? We're following him. We're going to try our hardest to do what he tells us to do. Therefore, again, we baptize folks who come to know Jesus, who become disciples, who become followers of him. We baptize them, and we baptize them in the biblical mode of baptism. Jesus told the church to baptize those who come to know him. Therefore, by implication, those who come to know Jesus are to be baptized. It's a command to the church to baptize those who come to know Jesus. Do you realize it's a command to you who have accepted Christ to be baptized? If you haven't been baptized since you've come to know Christ or possibly recommitted your life to him, something to strongly consider. We want to Walk in obedience to Jesus' instructions. 
That's about, that is what is going to happen here very shortly. I just want to show you the example of the early church. Once Jesus was gone, the early church carried on, followed out, carried out, followed on with his instructions. The setting here is Peter preached a sermon. Many people were touched by that sermon and asked him, what must we do to be saved? When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Some versions say, what must we do to be saved? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins. And those who accepted his message, those who accepted Peter's words of his sermon, which was a repeat of what Jesus had taught them, they were baptized. The church baptized those who came to know Jesus. Those who came to know Jesus were baptized in the New Testament. Now, I want you to notice something in this verse. Baptism in Scripture, it's always to those who willingly, knowingly, of their own free will, make the decision to be baptized. There can be no coercion has to be the choice of the person being baptized. And there's a proper sequence. We don't want to get this out of sequence. First, there must be repentance of sin and an acceptance or receiving of Jesus into your life. Once that's accomplished, then we get baptized. And there's a reason for that. There's a very significant reason why we must follow that sequence, and it has to do with what baptism actually is. Scripture is clear it's to be a choice on the part of the person being baptized. That's the primary reason we don't baptize infants at CCF. When a person is baptized as a baby, someone else made that choice for them. It was not their choice. That's not the biblical model. We do dedicate children to the Lord. That's more for the parents, though, to make a commitment to the Lord. They'll raise their child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So baby dedication is more for the parents than the baby, although the baby benefits. Once they become a child and they begin to have some understanding and can make their own choice, then we will baptize them. All those being baptized today have requested of their own free will to be baptized. They have all come to us. We have not gone to them. So why do we immerse? Why, why do we put them completely under the water? And you'll hear us say several times, probably with every person we baptize, all the way under. That also is very important. Can't have any dry spots. See, water baptism, it, its purpose and what it is, it's an outward expression of what has already happened to a person inwardly when they received Jesus as Savior and Lord, when they invited him into their life. Baptism is an outward expression symbolizing, representing what happened inwardly at that moment of salvation. That's the reason we baptize by immersion, if you want to listen, because it's symbolic, because it's representative. By the way, the, word, the Greek word trap translated baptize means to go to be submerged, to go all the way under. The illustration is if you're dyeing a cloth, you want to change the color of the cloth, you have to completely submerge or immerse it in the new color. No dry spots or it's going to come up like we used to wear in the 60s, the tie-dye. 
you want to dye a cloth, you put it all the way under, you bring it up, it's a changed color. That's what we're representing here, changed lives. Going down into the water symbolizes or represents us dying with Christ to our old self-centered life. It's a picture of the old self-centered life being buried with Christ, going completely down under the water as he went into the tomb. Coming up out of the water symbolizes us being raised to new life in Christ. Not only new life in eternity, we're saved, we'll live with God forever, but new life here and now. If you've truly accepted the Lord, there should be change and there should be new life beginning to be evidenced in you. We are new creatures in Christ. It's a continuous theme of the New Testament. Baptism symbolizes, represents that. Very important closing thought before we begin the actual baptism. Water baptism does not save a person. Water baptism does not give a person eternal life. Trusting in Jesus does. You don't get saved by getting baptized. You get baptized because you've already gotten saved. That's the sequence. Each of those who are being baptized today, they've already put their trust in Jesus as their Savior and Lord. They're already saved. Baptism is going to be their biblical expression to give testimony and evidence of their salvation publicly to us. We want this to be a very special and a very meaningful experience for the person who are getting the persons who are getting baptized and those of us who came here to support them today. So at this time, here's some instructions. The band, if you'll prepare yourself to sing. Who's ever getting in the tank with me? Dan, will you make your way to the tank? And Deb, if you'll escort the, the, the women, the females up who are being baptized and just hold them at this side door over here. <laughs>